A Lutheran pastor offers a bold new vision for the future of the mainline Christian community in Dear Church, a love letter from a black preacher to the whitest denomination in the U.S. Formerly incarcerated, formerly homeless, and formerly unchurched, Lenny Duncan urges all to take on the forces that act against God. Misogyny, white nationalism, homophobia, and economic injustice. Learn more about Dear Church and get your copy today at fortresspress.com slash dearchurch. That's fortresspress.com slash dearchurch. You are listening to Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God, sex, and the Bible. I'm your host, Crystal Cheatham, and today on the show, I talk to Ben Christian from A Game of a Game for Good Christians. A Game for Good Christians is a fabulous game that I hope you'll all share at your game nights and Bible studies. It really does spice things up, which is why I wanted to get someone from that group here to talk to you about the wheels turning behind its existence. So I really hope you enjoyed what I have next. The conversation with Ben was so fun. And now, Ben. Ben. Ben Christian, should I say. Welcome yeah. to the pod. Um, I'm excited to talk about uh, a game for good Christians because I was an early adopter of Cards Against Humanity and could not get enough of how disrespectful it was and <laughs> irreverent. And then to come across a card game that has those same elements for uh, for Christians just kind of like blew my mind. So. Hello, Ben, and welcome to Lord Have Mercy. Thanks for having me. Um, and as I think a few people know, that Ben Christian isn't your name, isn't your real name. No. No. That, that, that didn't work out well, uh, just perfectly, but it would have been really cool if it had. Yeah. How did you guys, how did you decide on Ben Christian, and, and what's the deal with that? Uh, I think we sort of stumbled into it. Um, we're both uh, language nerds. Uh, there are yeah. two co-creators, and uh, we were thinking, all right. Christian should be at the end of, should be our last name, definitely. We are Christians, but what would that first name be? And we're like, well, good Christian, Ben A, Ben, Ben Christian. Yeah, 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 this works. This sounds great. It sounds, it sounds like the, the coming up with the name, which you have on your website, like I was reading through it and I was like, these guys are nerds. These oh, yeah. guys are super oh, yes. nerds. Yeah, but I totally love it. And um, what's the reason for wanting to um, kind of have this nom de plume um, ahead of you in conversations or at least on the internet? Uh, initially, it was because of a couple of different concerns. Uh, family, who are definitely more conservative uh, religiously than we are. And so having those conversations with our parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles were like, let's just uh, avoid that for as long as possible. Um, there were also some professional concerns. Uh, some of us were working in ministry uh, roles that we figured our employers would be none too happy if they discovered we were doing this. Uh, so we were just trying to stay under the radar a little bit. And can you tell me a bit about like who is actually in your team? And I guess you don't have to um, go into detail, but I mean, it's interesting that you would be terrified of, of just like coming out as some kind of progressive Christian. 
Well, it's, I mean, the people who are involved, there's, uh, there's two of us mainly at the, at the beginning. Um, but then we also, uh, had a bunch of other friends who helped us, uh, workshop cards, um, both siblings and, you know, further removed family members, but also, uh, seminary students at the same time, um, and other clergy, uh, it's not so much being afraid to coming out as progressive, uh, so much as just not wanting to deal with certain conversations on the front end. Um, some of those conversations we've had since with certain people, um, but also you know, got to make money. So being fired over something like making a card game was like, ah, hard pass on that. <laughs> yeah, but you guys like did this thing and you put this like crazy, amazing card game into the world. Um, and I personally have to thank you for it and for all the nerds that jumped behind you to create it. So snaps to you. Well, thank you for being one of the people who like don't throw feces at us for doing this. So, you know, it's, it's Listen, really important. I was introduced to this game um, a couple months ago. There was an epiphany service here in Philadelphia and um, few people attended. But what actually happened were was um, a couple people attended from New York and out of town. And when we, and when it, when it, when we all came together, there were about 10 of us. And so instead of continuing with the scheduled program, somebody brought out a, um, a game uh, for good Christians and we all just started playing. And I had my life that night. I could <laughs> not stop laughing um, because something that this game does is just pronounce how, um, the, you, you say it better than I do, but just pronounce how kind of messy the Bible is. <laughs> yes, yeah. And in I mean, yeah. What you describe is like pretty much exactly what we're aiming for is that, you know, a group of people will come together, play the game, and not just go for like, you know, the comic value, but also wrestle with the texts and, you know, look at the passages of scripture and say, I didn't know that was in there, or there's no way that was in there. And then, you know, pull out a Bible either on their phone or, you know, if anyone actually still has hard copies of the Bible and, you know, flip over and wrestle with those things and say, oh, crap, what do we do with this now? So how do you actually play the game? Uh, so it's played the same way as, you know, Cards Against Humanity and Apples to Apples in some sense. There is a, uh, everyone gets different sets of cards. Uh, there is a Pharisee who picks out the uh, canon card, or sorry, the creed card, which is the question card. And then everyone goes around, they play one of the cards in their hands, and the Pharisee determines which card pairing is the best. Um, too much hilarity and, uh, you know, wringing of hands usually. Yes. So like, there's a couple cards that you actually have on your website. Um, and so one of them will say in heaven, there is a storm of storm of blessings filled with blank. And I yes. love that card because I mean, honestly, you go to any church service and you're going to hear this kind of language, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is something else you're playing with. Like, just like church language is its own lexicon. Like it is just, hilarious christianese christianese man and i think so many people um grow up in that space and then when they start to develop their own ideas about who god is to them that language just kind of like grates at their nerves you know mm. and so just having a way to play around with it as well as playing around with the bible i think is so helpful um, anyway, so um, in heaven, there is a storm of blessings filled with blank. And some of the cards that you could add to that kind of like uh, Cards Against Humanity are good shit, 
for good Christians. <laughs> yeah. And then you quote Romans eight twenty eight. Can you unpack that for me? Sure, I, I can. I can attempt to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, unpack the uh, the pairing itself, or just yeah. like. Well, Romans first. Like, how did you how did you come up with that that pairing? Oh, um, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Um, I mean that that's the, we also write our card talks, like you know our our, our blog posts about yeah. each card, um, and that's one we haven't gotten around to yet, but it's it's in the back of our, our minds to do because how that passage gets translated and used is, I mean, it's so Christian cliche in so many ways, but there's so many different ways people can take it. Um, and so our card was really trying to just get at the middle ground of saying, there's something good, it's good shit you're going to get for being in relation with God. But the different translations and different preachers will like use it in different ways. Is it like, well, everything good will always happen because you follow with God. And then most of us who live our lives are like, no, some terrible things happen on a regular basis. Or is it, Good things only happen when you're in the correct will of God, when you're, you know, a prosperity gospel sort of thing. Like, there are different ways people take it. Um, and we just wanted to take the middle ground of saying, hey, this verse at the very least is saying, yeah, good shit comes from God. But we, we also are aware of the fact that there's also some bad shit that happens. But yeah. it seems that the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, does a lot more talking about that than the New Testament does. Amen to that. I mean, I I look at that card and I'm just like, oh my goodness, are we allowed to use the word shit when referring to a Bible verse? Are we allowed to do that? No, we're doing it. It's happening. It's printed. <laughs> well, we've we've got our theology of swearing to like try to like uh, buffer how and why we say the things that we say on our cards. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I want to read two more. So the other pairings were God holding your enemies' heads under the water until the bubble stops. Until the yes. bubble stops. Bubbles stop. Exodus 15, 1 through 12, and 19. Yes. Um, we are actually right in the middle of finishing drafting that card talk. Okay. Um, that, that's personally like a, a very powerful uh, passage for, for me. Um, and the, the, the route that we're taking with that is looking at the idea that it's an uncomfortable truth for, I think, a lot of Christian churches that suffering in and of itself is not redemptive, but salvation is. Um and I think that passage has been used a lot um, in sort of against liberation theology, oddly enough, where, where people will talk about like, you know, you're not living your best life unless you're suffering. And you must go through all these trials and tribulation, missing the, the fact that it's about salvation, that like we've gone through and we go through terrible, horrible things to get to the other side. It's not the suffering itself that's, you know, great it's the surviving it. Um, so yeah, sometimes God will hold our enemies' heads under the waters until the bubbles stop because um, they're they're oppressing us. But it's not the oppression that we should spend all our time thinking about. It's getting to the other side and like living in that truth of salvation. Yeah, like each one of these cards is a sermon in in a bubble. I don't. How long did it take you guys to come up with all of the cards and then the extensions? Oh man, um, we probably spent a good eight months or so um, on the initial deck. So those the first 300 cards. Um, and that was like, you know, sitting down, pouring through the Bible, going through commentaries, um, and then also workshopping them. Um, we, we had a bunch of beta tests, like our, our original deck was yeah. uh, printed at Staples. Um, and <laughs> We've got like some clergy members together, and then we got some non-church folks together, and mixed groups together, and um, 
just had different groups of people work through our cards. We cut some out, we added some new ones, we changed the language, we came up with our theology of swearing, um, and then each expansion deck probably takes uh, three or four months to come up with. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it, I mean, it looks like you guys did a lot of work, and it looks like you did it well. Um, Thank you. The, the last pairing for In Heaven, There's a Storm of Blessings Filled with Blank is all the sex. <laughs> all the sex. Genesis 128. Please give me your hot take on that because I am desperate for it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, be fruitful and multiply and, you know, increase our all number the upon sex. the earth. Like, I mean, it's, it's all about having sex. And there's like this, in yeah. Genesis, there is this reoccurring motif of, well, sex. Like God is going to, like God says, we, we put you all here, make more of you. And then even after the flood, you know, Noah's story, the first commandment afterwards is like, and now go have sex. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, has, has writing, have, have writing these cards brought you closer or farther away from God? I would say closer, definitely. Um, uh, you know, we are Bible nerds um, and being able to pour over the text and read other commentaries and, you know, read things in the Hebrew or in the Greek uh, has definitely impacted how I read the Bible, but then how I live my life and how I relate to God and seeing the Bible itself more as this collection of narratives and stories and poems and histories of people wrestling with their relationship with God and their relationship with God in community. Um, and so seeing that it's okay that, you know, the writer of Psalms 88 can be like, F everything. Everything is broken. God, it's your fault. And there's none of the, the, the normal um, psalmic turn towards, but I'll praise you anyway, or things will work out in the end. It's just, no, everything's shit. Everything is broken. And that still made it into the Bible. And whether you read the Bible as being 100% God putting it directly into Moses' hand and he's writing it word for word, or it's a collection of stories from traditions of people, either way, God or those people said, it's important that this story is told, um, that this pain is felt. And for that reason, like writing these card talks, putting the game together has uh, definitely drawn me closer to God and had me look at just how I live and how I interact with other people in a more profound way. Amen. And I want to say of my first encounter with this, it was definitely a spiritual experience. Like, I felt in that moment that yes, we missed on missed out on having this pre-planned um, uh, event. I mean, uh, pre-planned what is it called um, program? But we ended up bonding in a way where we knew the spirit was there because we were talking about how that the Bible and you know your cards actually related to experiences that we have gone through in our lives. Um, somehow these cards inspire conversation and that ins that inspires me as a growing deconstruction deconstructing and and liberation theologyist christian so so excited i can't tell you how much i'm going to continue to just tell you how much i love this game throughout the conversation <laughs> so <laughs> don't don't feel like you have to you have to respond every single time um but thank you. No, it's, praise is wonderful. We'll take it. Yeah, but like all Christians aren't going to be like me. All Christians aren't going to be like <laughs> me. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of people who are super offended and and have you had people respond to you that are just like, what you're doing is sacrilegious, and I can't stand that you're that you're you know um, using the Bible in in such a 
um, disgusting way. So, oddly enough, not nearly as many people as we thought. Um, oh. One of one of the, the early things that happened was we got a lot of positive praise from clergy and seminary students, which was shocking, but at the same time, I was like, well, wait, if you've gone through all this Bible training, you already knew about these things. Yeah. Um, you just don't share them from the pulpit because you want to keep your job. Um, so, so there was that aspect of things. The, the hate that we've gotten has largely come uh, when we have, well, in two ways. One, when we've talked about uh, more political things, um, and the, we've been very vocal about uh, current administration and the ways in which evangelical Christianity and conservative Christianity will sometimes uh, wrap themselves uh, in the Bible or you know cover themselves in the blood of Christ and go out and do terrible, horrible things. And we, uh, we call bullshit on that very openly. Um, so we'll get backlash on that more than we will the creation of the game. Um, we also once had one, one young gentleman send us an email about how the, the game was too misogynistic and huh. then we wrote, we wrote, we wrote an entire card talk just, just to take him on, um, because his rationale for why was largely garbage. Yeah, and the, would say, yeah, I want to understand that better. Well, understanding might not happen. Okay. Um, it was more of like he, I think he just needed to like express himself, uh, and like the things that he said were, came down to well, he was playing in a group of his guy friends and. The Bible itself is misogynistic, but we feel that you should have been talking about other things more than just these images of women. And on the one hand, we wanted to say, hey, that's cool that you're concerned about these issues. Like, props to you for that. On the other hand, you are full of garbage. Um, because at the exact same time, we had multiple female clergy members who were writing car talks for us about misogyny in the Bible and about like how Paul refers to women um, in the New Testament uh, and like and all these things and his response was largely just he's a conservative Christian who doesn't like the game and when we pushed yeah. him on why misogyny is what he threw out and we're like then when we pushed him to give us more of an explanation he like literally said I don't need to go on the record and explain my why I feel the way that I do and we're like oh cool 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 <laughs> so you're you're full of garbage um because we spend actually a lot of time, like I myself, I am a feminist. I mean, I've had folks say to me, well, you can't be a feminist because you're male. And I was like, no, I don't know if that's true, but I, I <laughs> What? Right. You know, that's a fight that I've had with other people. Oh, like, Lord. We like spend a lot of time in quite a few of our car talks talking about the patriarchal misogynistic images in the Bible and how, especially Ezekiel, like his strong language, his disturbing images only work like they're only biblically powerful within a patriarchal misogynistic almost anti-woman mindset like they're not offensive unless you hold a certain world view um and we deconstruct that and we unpack that on a fairly regular basis so for someone to say well you're misogynistic because you're pointing out what the bible says is like saying oh you're a racist because you condemned what ever Trump tweeted. Like, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really backwards. Yeah, I guess it's really hard to get to get mad at the game because everything is so, I mean, it's coming straight from the Bible. Um, I guess if anyone were going to get mad, they would have to make it up like that guy did. 
uh, and they don't want to be mad at the Bible because that causes problems. Yeah, but do people get mad at the interpretations that you guys have on the cards? Because few of them are just quotes from the Bible, right? Yeah, some of them are direct quotes. Um, yeah. So we've had <laughs> we've had some interesting things with that. Uh, even when we were beta testing the game, there were things that were direct quotes from the Bible that people were very offended by, and they didn't realize they were direct quotes from the Bible. And then they look it up, and they're like, oh. Yeah. Now what do I do? The Bible is offensive, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, other times, uh, people have been offended uh, by our use of foul language or swears. Yes. And that's why we came up with our theology of swearing and uh which really sort of has two parts. We only swear or use foul language uh, with the bunny quotes when either the original content, like in the Hebrew, the Greek, or the Aramaic, was a swear, like it was foul language. So we'll just you know translate that into the modern um, use. So like a lot of the places where we use the word shit, um, mm -hmm. Like there's actually a word for shit. Or, like it's it's more strong than just saying refuge or dung. And we're using like the actual Hebrew or the Greek translation and being like, no, they're like Paul is swearing here. Like Paul is saying shit. He wasn't saying refuse. Mm. Or Ezekiel is Ezekiel is saying shit. Or Malachi is saying shit. Um, the second time is where the context of the original might not have been a swear, but it is very very strong language that we'll only see in our modern context by using a swear or foul language. Otherwise, it loses some of its power. It loses some of the um, the strength that the prophet or the priest or whoever was trying to communicate. Um, so usually that, you know, if someone reads the website and they see that we have, you know, a mindset behind what we're doing, usually that, you know, placates them. And if it doesn't, if they still hate us, we're like, all right, you can wipe the dust off of your feet and leave us alone, I guess. Like, you know, I, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. You've really done your homework, and I mean, I for one really appreciate just the thought that goes into using swear words. And so it's not saying that, you know, you should never ever do this thing the way that fundamentalist Christianity usually plays out is there's a thing that we don't like, so never ever do it. It's like, actually, you should use your brain a little bit and decide and use, you know, um, some spiritual discernment to decide whether it's the best time to use this or not. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Like adults. Like, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Adulting with religion. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. We're not supposed to just follow blindly whatever the person wearing a funny hat and or robes in front of us tells us. Like, we're supposed to think sometimes? No, 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 no. Okay. Don't do that. Brains <laughs> on the floor, everybody. Brains on the floor. Brains on the floor. Yeah, so, okay, so you guys created this company. You guys created these cards and then you had to create a company. Um, and so how did you guys decide to actually, I mean, this question is more for me probably because I created our Bible app and it was a strategic decision to, to go in the direction of a company and not a nonprofit. And usually when it comes to religion, you know, you go with a nonprofit. You want people to support you and blah, 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 blah. And, and anyway, I'll let you answer the question. Why did you decide to roll with a company and not a nonprofit? I think part of that was we didn't, when we originally made the game, we were thinking, um, hey, this will be cool. Let's do this thing. Let's put a lot of time and effort into it. And we're making a product. What do we do with products? We sell them. Yeah, let's sell these. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, later, I mean, like really shortly after we started selling it, did we start thinking about uh, 
it more as being a ministry. Uh, and that's when we started uh, writing the card talks, like our, our original website, which is a Tumblr blog. And yeah. we started like putting together um, the, the research that we did in blog form. Um, yeah. And so we, lo- we look at the company it's, as a whole as being the game itself, but also, you know, all the things that are on our website right now. And, you know, our new motto is, you know, come for the humor, stay for the theology. So we never had a, a mindset of like, oh, this should be a nonprofit. We were thinking, well, if we could make, you know, a couple bucks off of this, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, we also never thought that it would have expanded to where it has, um, you know, the number of expansion decks and, you know, people wanting to interview us and have conversations. We thought it'd be like a... We, we do run run of games, we sell them, we get hate mail, we have to move out of our houses, <laughs> someone tracks us down, like, it's it gets bad. That so, happens? Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Like, Christians have pitchforks and yes. like, righteous indignation. Tiki torches. So, tiki torches. Oh, oh fuck. Too, too sorry, soon, too soon. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I take it back, but kind of. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Um, I guess I would classify you guys as a business for social change because it's not just about the dollar amount or being popular. It's also about, like you said, um, encouraging people to wrestle with the text. And I am, I am curious. I mean, I'm impressed because people kind of view the Bible as like this, this dead book, but you guys seem to um, imagine it and recreate it in like this really live and, and, and like you're living it every day. Um, very inspiring. Yeah, I, I'm always confused. I mean, I understand, but I'm always confused in some ways by people who say, oh, the Bible is boring, um, or it's just this outdated text, or there's like nothing new to be learned from it, because it is it is probably my favorite book or collection of books. Oh. Like, it is, it's just crazy anthology, and I mean crazy in all the best ways, of yeah. poetry and like history like or historical fiction depending on you know who i'm offended oh it's an action movie like yeah there's i mean there's assassinations there's like spy movie or spy film elements in this thing there's like like priests and um yeah it's a spy novel it's like all kinds of crazy shit there's erotica that we're pretending is like about jesus like there's all this it's all this great stuff there is there is erotica that we pretend is just like friends becoming even better friends <laughs> right like what is with the pretending there's so much pretending behind the bible it's got to be a nice sanitized book that we can like show to small children in comic book form and everything will be okay you um, guys are uncovering all that yeah we're trying to yeah who do you think actually plays this game uh, we've been finding quite a few people. Like the the very first um, review that we got online was actually by an atheist um, YouTuber who uh, this was like it was surreal. It was an atheist YouTuber who apparently previously like either went to church and then like left church as many people do, and he was online defending our game against some conservative Christians. Wow! Um, and was explaining how like he had played it with his Christian friends and the great conversations that they had. And he was defending it against people who had never played our game, but just were offended by like the concept. Um, We knew that there was a group in Seattle, like a group of atheists that were meeting regularly and they were playing it like just every week. Wow. Um, We know that there have been churches that have used it for uh, adult Bible studies. Uh, We've gotten emails um, and Facebook messages from folks, clergy who have said that they've, I had a sermon and I didn't know what to do. So I went on your blog and I, took material from there or I had a, a you know, 
devotion I was supposed to read for summer camp. So I just used one of your posts. Um, yeah. We've had some really good conversations, like email back and forth with, uh, I, I was actually talking to someone about this yesterday, uh, like a one young man who, uh, so a little background. There are yes. many, 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 many Christians, we're assuming Christian youth, who are really concerned about wet dreams. And uh, <laughs> we are currently like number one or number two on Google searches for the Bible's discussion on wet dreams. Wet dreams. And we have literally hundreds of people who arrive on our site every day looking for information on the, what the Bible says about wet dreams. Because it's in there. It's in Deuteronomy. Um, and so this one young man emailed us and we ended up talking back and forth with him for like about a week or so because he was really concerned about like, you know, purity and, you know, am I doing something wrong when I'm having these wet dreams? And like, what, uh, what am I, and like, he had to go into full like pastoral mode to like try to counsel this kid via email, <laughs> you know, just because whatever church he is going to is freaking him out. To, about nocturnal emissions. About nocturnal emissions. It's like, you, oh my it, goodness. Yeah. So oh. it's been and very varied the, the sort of responses we've had but you know it seems a lot of people are playing it bless your heart for actually taking the time to converse with the young man like that really is the lord's work like you actually reached out and and helped him get his um his footing hopefully it did help but i'm sure it did hopefully yeah yeah um yeah i guess everybody from um you know preachers to teachers to um <laughs> pubescent teenagers <laughs> you know yes. can can find joy in this uh in this wonderful game um okay so one of my last questions has to do with this i mean you touched on it briefly this great political climate that we find ourselves in and the struggle between um evangelicals and uh and the presidency you know and um i guess so many of us christians are standing back mouths agape wondering when this will end and um if you know our idea of christianity will survive um after this administration and you know i'm wondering if um if the cards that you write or um or if any part of this game has any connection to the political climate oh yes um so i'll give three examples one when we have a one of our pages is just called uh God's judgment on the nation. And it was just all the card talks and all the things we've written specifically about Trump. Um, can we, can we use his name? Can we, can we, can we absolutely. We can, uh, I'll probably like add a noise and make fun of it later, but (laughs) I mean, usually it's either like, you know, 45 or the, the orange dumpster fire in chief is usually what we say. I appreciate Um, those as well. Yes. (laughs) uh, So like we've been very vocal against him. We actually have one of our expansion decks that was, um, you know, we called it the, the Trump cards. Oh Uh, yeah. We had those. Oh, excellent. And so like we, I mean, that was where, like for those who don't know, the Trump cards were where we took all of, well, as many things as we could stomach that he had said. Um, and, just like our regular game, we put the Bible verses at the bottom. The difference being they were all of the things, all the Bible verses that showed the exact opposite of his words or his sentiments or his actions. Um, oh, yeah. we got some flack for that. I mean, the, some people who were like supporting our game are like, oh my God, how, how dare you? Um, but then also, which made it worse for some of them was we donated um, about, uh, I think it was a quarter of the profits from that directly to organizations that we knew 
would get gutted or get impacted negatively by his garbage. Um, so we donated to ACLU, Children's Health Funds, Meal on Wheels, Planned Parenthood, and Sierra Club. And everyone who bought a game could choose um, on the website which one of those organizations that they wanted to uh, donate to. Um, so we've been really against him. Uh, yeah. In addition to that, we had a card talk that was based off of Job 31.1. Um, and it says, not checking out hot versions. Um, but, and we subtitled it, what happened to the evangelical brand? Um, yeah. And, and that like card talk was really sort of expressing for both co-creators how we were raised in evangelical, semi-conservative, um, uh, religiously conservative, not politically conservative churches. And we can't use those labels. We can't use the label conservative or evangelical anymore because, and uh, you know, just for at least from our point of view, people who are using those labels or when those labels get used, it's always, it feels it's always about who you hate, who is on the outside, mm. who who do you not have to love? Or, I mean, what is it, the, the parable of um, the, you know, the Good Samaritan. Uh, I've heard it phrased, I think it might have been um, uh, Amy Jill Levine in one of her books that said that when the, the lawyer asked Jesus the question, and who is my neighbor, what he's really asking is, who do I not have to love? Like, who do yeah. I not have to reach out to? Uh, and evangelical and conservative as a label just has that taste in my mouth that I want to spit out. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, we try to respond to that. Um, we, we try to respond to those who, hey, they might love our game, but not like our politics. So we try to get them to, like, maybe look at things in a little, in a different way. So we have card talks that are explicitly about sexism. We have yeah. card talks that are explicitly about racism. Um, I mean, I'll put, put it out there. People can't see me. I'm black. Um, so that's kind of a kind of a big thing for me personally. Um, what? That, for some reason, wait, wait, Negroes get offended at things? Yeah. So uh, like we have a couple car talks that are specifically about how the church doesn't handle racism. And in this current climate, you know, people make as many excuses as they possibly can because they don't want to be labeled as a racist or a sexist or a homophobe or you know, but their actions and their words and their use of the Bible tend to support those terrible, horrible, no good, very bad things. Um, so we like to call bullshit on people, yeah. especially when they're like, I'm wrapped in the blood of Jesus. And so I can do these terrible things. No, hard pass. It's like suck less, please. Suck less. I think that's our next OVA t-shirt. Suck less, <laughs> please. Ben Christian. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Anne Lamott's the one who said that, you know, if it turns out that God hates all the same people you do, it's, sa it's safe to say you've made God in your image. Exactly. Right? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. You know, I really didn't think that you were black. In my head, Ouch. I picture I you... I don't do that. Do that. No, it, I mean, just, it's just like this picture that you have for Ben Christian everywhere. I just pictured you as like... Um, like Jesus? Jesus or like Nick Offerman. Just like burly, you know, slow, like molasses kind of, you know, I don't know. Actually, I think like most, most, most men in my head or like most things that are masculine could be Nick Offerman. I just wow. think he's the, he's the best. That has nothing oh, yeah. to do with anything. I know that that's, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. We are um, also Nick Offerman fans. So, you know, I'm not completely offended by that. Good, 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 good. Well... You could be a black Nick Offerman. That actually would be interesting. 
I will make that t-shirt. <laughs> I will wear that t-shirt. Um, okay, so where can folks actually get the cards? www.agameforgoodchristians, one word, dot com. Awesome. And I think it would be so cool if we could actually put some of the um, the card talks in the app. Um, oh, yeah. You know, especially if they're, you know, in-depth reads and, you know, dissecting the Bible. You guys are putting so much time in them. Um, I don't know, just trying to make them more accessible as you do the Lord's work of, uh, of witnessing and proselytizing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Well... Ben, I gotta say, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I really appreciate it. Thank you for asking. I have never uh, interviewed a card game before. <laughs> yes. Usually, yes. we there's a lot of discussion about um, about sex, and it's really hard to ask a card game about its uh, sexual history. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for standing up in court. <laughs> uh, a lot of paper it. cuts would probably be involved with that. Oh um, my god. Uh, uh, the clever, the cleverness is just there. It's just so palpable. It's wonderful. All right. Do you have? Is there anything else you wanted to tell our audience before before I let you go? Yeah, I think that uh, all people should do a better job. No matter how good job we're doing, but all people should do a better job of loving themselves, loving their neighbors as themselves, also. Isn't Ben so fun? I'm glad he's a really cool guy. Um, we have some announcements before I let you go. Uh, I just want to clue you into something we're doing at our Bible app, which is our Summer Lovin' campaign. Um, it's actually almost up, but this week, as we discuss loving across all boundaries, um, our features are Jasmine Figueroa and Timothy Arliss O'Brien. So I hope you take a look in the app. Last week, we ran an Instagram promo to give away a six-foot floaty called Unicorn Baby. And this week, we're giving away a second Unicorn Baby. I know, what a surprise. Um, and the gig is, if you donate to our Bible app, each dollar enters you into a drawing for that second Unicorn Baby, this giant floaty that I think will really fill your hearts. Simply go to ourbibleapp.com donate and enter your donation today. Lastly, we need subscribers. One subscriber helps 10 other people use this app for free. So we are hoping that one of you, um, that one person is you today. So subscribing keeps us in business. It allows us to work on finding new authors, paying those authors for writing, and all around keeping the lights on. Um, think of the subscription as a Patreon page and yourself as a sustaining member of our community. I want to let you in on a little secret. I personally don't make any money from the app. Um, everything that I do is absolutely for free. All of my time that I put into it um, and I am looking to our community to chip in and help this uh, continue to be a thing. So you can actually go to ourbibleapp.com slash sustainability if you want to help. Okay, bye!